Welcome back to the Jackson Cloud Quarantine Edition Week 2, our final week in quarantine, because these two have been vaccinated eh? Eh? as of today. I get well, my second shot May 5th. So on Cinco de Mayo, I've got lots of reason to celebrate. Why do you say well? Well, uh, getting the second dose doesn't mean we're fully vaccinated. Technically, we have to wait three weeks, then we're considered vaccinated. Because it enough. takes time for your body to build up the immunity and whatnot. So. Granted, I'm out of quarantine by like Monday, so we'll be back. We'll be back. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, but with all that being said, uh, we're hopping back into Genesis for our Tour de France via Genesis. <laughs> and uh... wait, wait, did you just try to do a Tour de France? <laughs> it's fine. Everyone understood what I meant. Uh, and today's episode is called da, 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 da. Don't Be a Nimrod. Nimrod is a character that we find in Genesis 10. That is a word we use insultingly, right? Yes. All right. I just wanted to know that doesn't matter. Um, anyways, we come across uh, in our last episode, we talked about the 70 nations, their gods, and Jesus. And that was all built around Genesis 10 which looks like a boring passage, but has a lot more going on there for the biblical worldview. Today we're hopping back in to Genesis 10, uh, because within that whole uh, genealogy, they pause for a minute to talk about a guy named Nimrod. And whenever whenever a genealogy like stops to talk about someone else, that's usually a good thing to like stop and wonder why and ask questions. Uh, so that's what we're going to do today. So in Genesis 8.10, Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Arach, Achar, Achalna, in the land of Shinar. Uh, and then... From the land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehobother, Kalah, and Rezin between Nineveh and Kalah. That is the great city. Okay. We hear that. We don't care about that. Whatever. <laughs> but why did we just pause on Nimrod uh, and hear that? Is it just that he built cities or is the Bible also alluding to a few other things? And uh, there's a certain word that came up here a few times. I don't know if you caught it, but it was used a few more times than the other words. Anybody hear it? I feel like I remember hearing it. What word was used to describe Nimrod? That he was a mighty man. A mighty man. I don't know. That felt emphasized. I don't know if it was used multiple times. Yes, mighty man, mighty hunter, mighty hunter, all said within three sentences. So that word mighty in Hebrew is gibor, uh, which we've actually come across this word before. If we were to go back to Genesis 6, uh, we recently had an episode on the Nephilim. And the Nephilim, the Bible says, we're on the earth in those days. Uh, Genesis 6, 4, they were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. In other words, 
the Nephilim were these Gibor figures. And now after the flood, where all the Nephilim should be wiped out, we now have someone who is described with the Hebrew word Gibor as well, which Gibor can be translated a lot of different ways, warrior, um, men, strong, mighty warrior, chief. Uh, it gets described in different ways depending on the passage. So it can mean more than that. But because we're just a few chapters into Genesis and we see this word used a lot, it almost seems like it wants us possibly here to be thinking of the the giants, the Nephilim again. So um, also when we look at his name, Nimrod, we really don't fully know what's the best way to translate that name because names have meaning. But the na- uh, the translation that's come up a lot for his name would be Rebellion. So keeping all this in mind, he's Gibor, he's mighty, he's Rebellion. What are your first initial thoughts as to what might be going on here? Is he possibly the first giant we see after the flood? Uh, some people would go that route because again, we're seeing like some loose connections here. There has been some kind of find somewhere that has likened, uh, Nimrod to, uh, the giant hunter Orion constellation. So that kind of gives you a feeling again of giants and hunters and whatnot. Um, but it's at least possible that it's trying to get us to think of things connected with the giant like if he's not a giant himself we're thinking of the ideologies and the false gods and the sons of god and the rebellion of the sons of god and all that casey were you gonna say something so what you're saying is is that nimrod was the katniss everdeen of ancient times because he he's a hunter pretty much yeah because he has a bow he could also be Aloy from Zero Dawn Horizon or Lara Croft. But Just also because cities. someone has, has, he could be the Green Arrow. He could be Hawkeye. Just because somebody has a bow, Casey. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, so in other words, do you guys remember some of the cities that he built that, that you might have recognized. I gave a long list. Like he's connected to a lot of different cities. But uh Babel. Babel's one. Yep. Olivia, I've already where you in the name of every city you said, so well, some of them we wouldn't even recognize. But Nineveh was another one. So places like Babel and Nineveh are like I mean, even all the way into Revelation, Babylon's phrase is like the anti- Jerusalem, the anti-city of God, you know, later these are going to be the same. Babylon's going to take Israel into captivity. So Babylon is not often recognized throughout the Bible as a positive influence upon uh, the the people of God. Uh, and in this I mean, case... It's not like Nineveh was either. Yeah, so right, Nineveh actually, we're talking Assyria, Nineveh, these were not positive places as well. These were in many ways just like another kind of Babel, and they did all kinds of horrors within their cultures as well. 
So Nimrod is connected to the mighty people, right? He's connected to the Nephilim. Maybe he's not a Nephilim, but he's at least connected to all of that kind of thinking and everything. Um, and uh, uh, he goes on to make Babel, which is what's going to come up next in Genesis 11. Now, in Babel, there's another interesting word that's used in Genesis 11. Let me pull it up for you. Genesis 11.4 says, uh, they said, come, let us build, our, build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. So name right there in Hebrew, that is the word Shem. And does anybody think of a time when this came up again? The word name or Shem? I expect you to have the whole Bible memorized, so no, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, the Nephilim, the Nephilim in Genesis 6-4 are described as the mighty men who were of old, so the Gibor who were of old, the men of renown. So it works out that you don't know where else you would find name because the word being used for renown in the ESV is Shem. So these are the men of the name, the men of renown, the Gibor. So they're Gibor and they're Shem. And so this Tower of Babel that they build also feels like it's a, a, like they're building a name for themselves. They're building into the ideology of, of the son, the fallen sons of God, of the Nephilim, of the giants, uh, yeah, so it's almost as though this is the Bible's polemical like statement against Babylon is like there's the one true God Yahweh who we should follow and is the one really calling the shots and we should listen to him and do that. And then there's the people of Babylon who live by another ideology, who live by the false gods, the fallen gods, the giants. They have their own like uh, heroes that are not of God and they're building this whole tower revolving around all of that ideology. So I don't know about you guys, but I always looked at when I was growing up as tower of Babel is like a, like why was God mad about this? Does he not like skyscrapers or, or what, what, what were some of your original feelings as to like how you would interpret God's anger at the tower of Babel? Yeah, I, as a kid, felt like um, the tower situation wasn't explained very well because I was like, okay, we build a tower and all of a sudden now we can't speak to each other because that was a great sin. And I was very confused for a long time on that, for sure. Mm -hmm. For me, it might have been explained better. Like, because in the, in the story, the way it was explained to me was it wasn't that you know, they just built a big tower. It was the fact that they were trying to make themselves better and, like, take some of the power from God, and that's why he was somewhat mad. So, like, for me, that's the way it was explained to me as a kid. Yeah, for me, uh, I felt like Olivia, like, I guess God doesn't like tall buildings, and then I think eventually one day I graduated to, like, a conversation on pride like if they would have just like 
they were all about themselves instead of about being about God. But now with these word studies, we see a whole nother possibility open up. Why did we pause on Nimrod while we're thinking of Babylon? And what kind of things make up Babylon? Well, the false gods. And what are the false gods connected to in many ways? Well, to some extent, the Nephilim, the sons of God, these were the Nephilim giants were like the heroes of other countries, not like the, the anti-heroes, not the villains. Right. And so this is like a polemic. The tower of Babel is kind of a polemic on Babylon being built around the wrong kind of things. There's a lot of other things. Yeah. So what's a polemic? So, yeah. So the Bible is polemical a lot. Uh, It's like, um, when you're trying to debate someone about something and you're trying to like criticize them, you, that would be like a polemic of sorts. The Bible brings polemic in sometimes by telling stories. So like we've talked about Gilgamesh and uh, uh, Noah, right? They're both stories about a flood. They're both stories in many ways about, the same flood there's giants involved in other things but the story of noah is a polemical critique and argument against the story of gilgamesh which everyone knows like they're saying no the things that you're highlighting in your story are are not the kinds of things that god cares about you're being told the wrong story so here's our version of the story these are the things god cares about So when they're writing polemically about the Tower of Babel, this would be this glorious tower built around the great Babylonian ideologies. And they write their own story saying, no, here's what's actually like, here's what God's opinion is. They critique it. They're they're telling the story from a different lens to try to do that. So that would be biblical polemic anyways. You critique by telling the story in a different way. All that being said, there's other things going on in the Tower of Babel that are like against God as well. Like God told them to spread out across the face of the earth. Instead, they're like, hey, let's make sure we don't get split up by building a tower and staying here. So there's in many ways, it's not, it's not a skyscraper problem. It is a, <laughs> it is a, heart problem and a religion problem and a rebellion problem which is again probably what nimrod means so with all that being said uh all of these little words hint at the real story of what's going on in in uh this tower of babylon and uh critiques the the world that they're in one other thing that i've uh been thinking about is how tall do we think the Tower of Babel was? We'll actually get into that a little bit in our next episode, but it's not that big. Uh, It would be, if you Googled Tower of Babel, you're going to get a hundred of the pictures of the leaning Tower of Pisa thingy (laughs) going high into the air, right? Um, But Tower of Babel... uh, was a ziggurat not a it it was kind of like a man-made mountain and in that time that's not going to get as big as you think it is and we're going to talk more about that 
in our next episode on Wednesday where we will get into territory where if you're familiar with the Jackson Cloud, you might have heard some of it a hundred times, but we haven't done like a sole episode on the Tower of Babel. So to make sure that we have that reference point, uh, we will hop into that on Wednesday. In the meantime, Olivia will close us out. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, You can hit the little notification bell down below if you want to get notified about our videos. Otherwise, you can join us on the Discord to continue the conversation even further.